Welcome to New Frontiers in Functional Medicine, where we are bringing you the best minds in functional medicine, and I assure you today is no exception. New Frontiers is able to offer these deeper drill-down conversations with content geared toward the professional audience because we are proudly sponsored by two companies that I use in my practice every day, Metagenics and Biotics Research Corporation. A little bit about Metagenics. Their mission is to lead the movement in making personalized nutritional intervention the standard of care in the treatment and prevention of disease and the promotion of optimal health. For over 30 years, Metagenics has been dedicated to scientific discovery, innovative products, unparalleled quality, education, and practitioner partnerships to support lifestyle functional nutrition. For more information, visit them at metagenics.com. New Frontiers is also proud to be sponsored by Biotics Research Corporation. The foundation of Biotics Research Corporation is innovative ideas, carefully researched concepts and product development, utilizing advanced analytical and manufacturing techniques to develop and produce gluten-free nutritional products of superior quality and effectiveness. The advantages of Biotics Research Vegetable Culture Base include biologically active, whole food, consistent disintegration for proper assimilation, suitability for strict vegetarians, and improved product stability. Biotics research emulsified nutrients represent a more cost-effective means of delivering nutrients than mycelized, dry, or oily preparations and are safely and more completely absorbed. Biotics research provides the best of science and nature. Visit them at bioticsresearch.com. Hi, everybody. Welcome to New Frontiers in Functional Medicine. I'm your host, Dr. Kara Fitzgerald, and today I have a really, really interesting topic um, that I'm learning about, actually. Uh, we're going to be talking about all things stem cells today, and I'm talking to uh, Dr. Tammy Maraglia. She is the medical director at Seattle Stem Cell Center. She's actually involved in a national clinical trial right now uh, that she'll tell us about, uh, but she is double board certified uh, in aesthetic medicine as well as integrative and natural medicine. In fact, she is a member of the Institute for Functional Medicine, so she's, I, I think she's uh, just well-trained in a, in a lot of uh, modalities in, you know, in our world. So she's passionate about creating natural aesthetic results in her patients, and she can help and discover and correct metal conditions, hormone deficiencies, hormone imbalances, um, and just help people look and feel beautiful and energetic. And I am grateful to have her on today to talk about um, just this amazing emerging field using, you know, stem cell therapy. So welcome to New Frontiers, uh, Dr. Maraglia. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. I know. I am too. So listen, you're, you know, you come from aesthetic medicine, you've got, you know, you're, you're in the natural slash functional world, and now you're the medical director at, at this, um, at Seattle Stem Cell Center. So talk to me about your entry into using stem cells in practice, um, and just talk to me, you know, a little bit about just, just an overview, an introduction to stem cells therapy. Yes, absolutely. Well, I'm an MD that's board certified in naturopathic medicine, and that's where the sort of impetus came from. But also my father has COPD, and there is no cure for that. And so I kept bumping up against, well, stem cells for COPD. And so I, um, I kept researching and researching and researching, and I was invited to be medical director at a few overseas 
stem cell clinics. And that just didn't feel right. It didn't feel like it had the safety. I'm a very cautious physician. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, I was able to, to align and join a group here in the United States that has a national clinical trial that's registered with the FDA. Let me, let me just back up for a second. I, I want to hear about the trial, actually. But So you, were, you, you came upon stem cells and started to research them because you wanted to help your dad with COPD. That was your entry. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And so then you started investigating overseas as, a, as you know, many of my patients are doing um, in, in, in their journey on, you know, towards wellness. In particular, mm-hmm. you and I were talking about, you and I connected because um, Terry Walls referred me to you and, um, you know, for, for some MS patients that I want to refer your way. So, so your journey is a really personal one. And then obviously you were inspired by the efficacy or the, the, the possibility of them, and then came on board here. Okay. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, and then I, you know, I have a, a functional medicine, naturopathic medicine practice, and I, you know, I have patients that been, have been with me for over 10 years. We have a membership model, so they just keep coming, and then we keep refining and fine-tuning and making sure that they're optimally healthy and I thought what can I do what more can I do how how can I bless their life even more and you know especially the arthritis and I have a couple of patients who have MS and a couple of have Parkinson's and it was just was nothing more I could do mm-hmm. um, a nutrition gut adrenal hormone you know holistic approach I had kind of bumped up against a wall And then my other practice uh, that I started many years ago was as a cosmetic physician that sort of helped pay the bills early on. And I danced, uh, my first career was dancing as a soloist in a ballet company for 13 years. And so it was fun to have the artistry of cosmetic medicine as well. And many, many stem cell surgeons are cosmetic physicians because we all did liposuction. Mm. And way back when we were doing fat transfers for cosmetic purposes and going, huh, there's something about this. Huh. <laughs> this is really amazing. And, and that really led to a lot of the research about what's in fat. What is it? What, you know, and, and, and now we know that fat is not just a great source of stem cells, but we also know that it's an organ and it produces hormones and it has enzyme activity that takes testosterone and converts it into estrogen. And there's all kinds of things that fat does other than just give you a cushion. Right. 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 So kind of a natural, you guys are using adipose, hence your adipose stem derived stem cells, hence your, your interest. Um, Geez, that's really, that's really fascinating. Yeah, you. So yeah, yes, the, the, you guys would be, you know, as an in practicing aesthetic medicine, you know, well well suited towards <laughs> working with adipose. Mm-hmm. Um, so you so you so you trained in this, and then you brought it into your clinic. Um, talk to me about what you know the what's happening in using these in various conditions. We'll talk about the various conditions that you're using them for, but. What's the mechanism around um, this therapy or the mechanisms? Well, we don't know everything. (laughs) 
But what we do know is that stem cells are what we call pluripotent. And so they can become, with the right messaging, basically any cell. And, you know, at first I was totally in awe and amazed and shocked. And I'm still in awe of it because it's pretty remarkable. But it actually makes sense. And it was first described to me, you know, quite some time ago when I was doing some training with, um, with our group. And the person that, the physician that was training, doing a training, and I was saying, oh my gosh, it's so amazing. It can become, you know, it can get, it can create new cartilage and it can create new brain tissue and it can create myelination for the MS patients. And I said, this is so amazing. And he said, is it? He says, well, if you were the power that be, you know, whether you think it's God or of evolution or whatever it is, would you create, you know, hundreds of thousands of millions of backup cells to replace every single thing that's going on in the body when it wears out? Or would you create a reservoir of something that could become whatever is needed? Right. Huh. <laughs> I guess that's a good way of looking at it. So yeah, that's what's going on. And we know that you know, in the early days of this study, we actually tagged the cells, the stem cells with radioactive nucleotides and then did imaging to watch, well, where do these go and how do they know where to go? If, if I give you an IV, how do I know it's going to go to your lungs or to your left shoulder or to your brain? And it does. Wow. So it goes to the site of the with the dominant lesion in the body, the dominant area that needs repair? It seems to. And, and who knows, you know, there's probably a cytokine yeah. chemical messaging pathway that we have yet to completely elucidate. Right. And, you know, the body is unbelievably amazing. I think the more we find out, the more we realize we don't know. Yeah. Geez, that's so incredible. It's just really interesting to me. So if you, so if you introduce stem cells into somebody who says, who has say MS, but they also happen to have osteoarthritis, would, would it be efficacious at both sites? I mean, the central nervous system and say the knee, if that's the site so, potentially? Or? Yeah, give everybody IV so that, you know, that can go where it goes. But we've also found that there's increased efficacy for joints when we also inject into the joint. And that could be because mm. of blood supply. We don't know. Okay. But the inside of the capsule of the knee is not very vascular. Anybody who's, you know, had a knee surgery, it's not a bloody surgery. Right. Okay. Okay. So, so specifically for that, you do look for osteoarthritis, you're doing local injections. Otherwise, plus IV. Plus IV. Um, you're so you're doing you're you're using adipose. Why not other stem cells? I mean, overseas it seems like a lot of embryonic tissue, and I think in the research setting here we're using embryonic tissue. But people are harvesting stem cells from a variety of locations. What what are your thoughts on that? So since we have a clinical trial that's registered with the FDA, our goal is to have FDA approval. And we felt like, first of all, using embryonic sources was a more difficult path 
for approval because of the controversy and the ethics. Yeah. Second of all, uh, autoimmune conditions are very much a part of what we treat. And I think that if you talk to Terry Walls, she thinks that it's all autoimmune. You know, everything that's happening to us has an autoimmune component to it. And, and I think she's yep. right. So why would you use something that's foreign when you're trying to treat an autoimmune condition? Would the risk of, of a, an inflammatory response, because your body is really smart. It knows self from not self normally. Yeah. And when you have an autoimmune condition, it's so confused that it's attacking itself. And then you put something foreign into it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The other part of embryonic is that the embryonic cells are, are rapidly dividing. They're, they're designed to make an entire human being in nine months. Uh, so there's a fear that there'd be an increased risk of tumor formation and cancer. Right. That makes sense. Has any of that borne out? I mean, has any, is it too new to actually see long-term outcome with embryonic? There's some studies that suggest that there is a slight increased risk of uh, tumor formation and cancer with embryonic cells, but I'm not sure how good those studies are, but we've done over 5,000 cases. We're in our sixth year of our clinical trial, and there has been a zero increased incidence of tumors and cancers. So you know, it's from you. There's no possibility of rejection or a foreign inflammatory response. There's no, thus far in 5,000 cases, there hasn't been any increased risk of tumors or cancers and nobody minds donating a little bit of fat. <laughs> right, right. True. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Well, listen, I, I want, just give me a little overview on the study that you're doing. So it's a national clinical trial. We have an IRB number and all that, that jazz. So that's really, really nice from my perspective because it means that I don't have to and I don't get to do anything my way. I have a protocol that I follow with the exact equipment, the exact process, the exact same algorithms so that our patients can be reassured that their statistical chance of success is the same as what we've been seeing everywhere. And that's how good studies are done. Multi-center, you know, studies are done that way. So I love that we're doing that. We recently published the largest safety paper in U.S. on uh, stem cell medicine this year. And so that is really exciting. And we have many arms of our study. There's currently the only conditions that exclude you from the study are active cancer or an active infection. Um, but we are starting and hope to, by the end of this year, have a cancer arm to the study. Oh, interesting. Okay. So looking at stem cells specifically in, di in different cancers? I mean, can you yeah. talk about that a little bit? Yes. Um, you know, we have early, early small case studies of 
uh, breast tumors completely dissolving. Oh, fascinating. Okay, yeah. using adipose-derived stem cells. Yeah, and the, and the technical term is stromal vascular fraction. Oh, okay, thanks. That's, uh, stem cells are what everybody knows, but it turns out it's, it's stem cells and all the juicy stuff that those stem cells need to do their work. Right, got it. Yep. I ha actually have that, um, the SVF paper. Can I, is this, is this the study that you're referring to? The, uh, I just, I want to just, I want to make sure that I have the citation or some sort of an, a link to um, the study that you just referenced. I can send you the link to the safety paper. Uh, if okay. You can, you can double check if that's the one you have. Perfect. Okay. So if anybody, I'm sure, actually, I'm sure loads of people are interested in that study and just make sure I'll get this, that citation. And Tammy, any other citations you think people would be interested in, we'll pop them right on the website. We'll also, incidentally, folks, put um, uh, Tammy's contact information. And it's, it's the Seattle Stem Cell Center dot, is it dot net? Dot net, yes. Dot net. All, yeah, all of these uh, resources and pieces of information are also on Seattle Stem Cell Center dot net. Uh, all right, so let's talk about the um, conditions that you're addressing. You mentioned a couple of them and outcome data, because I, I know you've been gathering a lot, and I think this whole network of clinics participating in this research study, you guys have been pulling together a lot of clinical outcome data. So what are you treating and what are you seeing? Well, we all in the United States started off in stem cell medicines treating orthopedic conditions. So those are the, the conditions, you know, people who have been told that they need to have a knee replacement surgery, um, those kind of shoulder replacement surgery, those kinds of things. They're the people that we have the longest data on and the highest numbers uh, because there's so many people <laughs> that have those conditions as opposed to, you know, MS or Parkinson's or interstitial cystitis and things like that, that people just, there's not, a, the numbers are not the same. Uh, and it's unbelievably successful. Like, for example, the data on the knee is, you know, 80% of patients who get this, the SBF from us have a success uh, with their treatment. My, yeah. husband, my husband, we, he was told by two orthopedic surgeons that he had to have a shoulder replacement surgery. And uh, he's out of pain, lifting weights at the gym that he hasn't in over 10 years. And, you know, just he, he just thinks it's a miracle. And I always have to caution people that there's nothing in medicine that works 100% of the time for 100% of the people. And we're not making any claims and we're not making any promises. And this is the same. There, it doesn't work for some people. We don't know why. That's why we're doing the research. Um, but, but we want to make sure that we don't overpromise things. And, uh, but it is pretty exciting. That's amazing. So let me just ask you, you know, how severe? I mean, osteoarthritis is up to you know, stage, advanced stage, stages, stage four, which would, I'm, I'm assuming that's a bone on bone. I mean, what, what, where are you guys seeing turnaround? I mean, do you, so are you able to, affect, have, yeah, mm -hmm. go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. We have a paper on that and the stage four where there was no perceived cartilage at 
all mm-hmm. left over had a lower success rate. Uh, but up until that point, when there was, and that sort of leads you back to, okay, well, maybe this is getting in the area, looking at the cartilage and saying, okay, we need more of this. Let's make more of this. Um, and maybe that's why it's more successful when there is cartilage still left there. Right, right. How does it compare to, say, some of the more common interventions like PRP or, um, you know, some of the other injectables that they're using? Night and day. Yeah. Night and day with regard to efficacy, night and day with regard to the duration of success, PRP and prolotherapy and things like that, that hurts. Right. It hurts like crazy. Right. And this, right. this does not, people often feel a relief the next day because stem cells are very, very anti-inflammatory. And our very first patient in our study, the, you know, patient number one, was a knee patient and uh, she's never had another treatment yet. Wow. Is that, no, is she the exception? No. Okay. Not, no, not in orthopedic conditions. But what we have found is that if patients have chronic or progressive medical conditions, then they do benefit from more than one treatment over time, which, which makes sense because we aren't curing things. How can you cure something if you don't even know what causes it? Tell me about, um, so tell me about what the conditions you're using this in and really, and seeing good outcome with. Autoimmune conditions, um, MS, Parkinson's, the orthopedic conditions, uh, interstitial cystitis, traumatic brain injury, heart conditions, congestive heart failure, MI, heart attack, uh, stroke. The list is extensive. Well, let me ask you this. What are you not, I mean, using it in? Just cancers at this point? Or I mean, I'm, yeah, cancer and active infection. So otherwise you're, use, otherwise you're basically recommending it. Yes, with, with making sure that the patient is given a true informed consent and not promised anything because... People say, well, it's experimental. It's not experimental. Mm-hmm. We know it works. Not all the time, but we know it works. So what it is, is investigational. We're investigating what is it that makes it work this time and not that time. Mm-hmm. And what's the outcome data? Um, what, what do you mean? I'm sorry. Well, how, what, kind of a, what kind of success would you say that you're seeing in these conditions? Each condition is being followed. That's the wonderful thing about having a clinical trial is that there's a whole database that just follows patients along. And each condition is treated differently. It has a different success rate. So orthopedic conditions like knees, um, they have one of the highest success rates and at the 80-85%. Some conditions are much, much lower whether that's because the numbers are lower and if we see higher numbers, then we'll see a better outcome. Maybe, maybe it's just not, for example, um, ankylosing spondylitis that does not seem to be treated 
very well. The success rate is, is much lower than many other conditions. Right, right. Huh. So just talk, you know, one-on-one with every patient and try to give them some reassurance of, of what it could do. Here's the exciting part. In over 5,000 cases, no one has gotten worse. Nobody's been hospitalized, no bleeding, no infections, no deaths, no tumors, no cancers. And I, I would challenge people to find a medication or surgery that has that on the, the list of possible outcomes yeah. <laughs> and side effects. Now, it doesn't mean that it's impossible and it's never going to happen. No, it is possible that it will make somebody worse. It is possible that somebody will get an infection or, or, but it's at 5,000, it hasn't happened yet. So I like to think that it's not probable at this stage. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. You know, just thinking of circling back to the ankylosing spondylitis and the lower response rate. I mean, we know that's associated with, you know, gut infections, Klebsiella, and so forth. I mean, you're, I'm assuming you're concurrently in your practice, well, maybe not in the research study, you might have, you know, guidelines around this, but outside of it, are you, you're employing functional medicine, I'm assuming, with these patients as well. Is that right? I think that's the biggest thing that we're doing that's different than everyone else. And you're right, it's not the whole clinical trial. It's, it's me, because that's the way my brain works, you know, Dr. Walls is brilliant. Why don't we get every MS patient to do stem cells and the Walls protocol? Yeah, exactly, um, exactly. There's some some really profound new research about Parkinson's in the gut and uh, something called butyrate that is produced in the gut from mm-hmm. one of the microbiomes. And so we dig into that. I've spent the last year researching. So what's going on here and how do these cells get made and and you know it goes back to the mitochondria and the energy to do all of this cell generation and so i've created an entire stem cell nutrition guide and created a recipe book that i give to each and every patient so that the mitochondria is everything that it needs to be at full capacity so are these the patients that are participating in the study or 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 no Yes. Oh, they are. Oh, okay. Okay. So they can actually be in the study and have the, and have the additional support. It, I mean, it makes entire sense to me that doing a full functional approach would improve your outcome, you know, immeasurably. I mean, are, your, are, are, are the data that you're pulling together, your outcome data, as opposed to some of the other colleagues in this trial? I mean, is it, is it different if they're not employing a functional approach? I mean, can I ask that? Do you know that out of curiosity? I don't know that because I don't have the exact details of everyone else's outcome. Mm-hmm. But I have, I have exceedingly high response rates, and maybe that's why. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I want to be the center that when they gather all the data at the end to publish you know, the conclusion, that they look at my site and go, what? <laughs> this outlier site <laughs> that's really really cool that's really really cool this little blip on the screen what's going on over there yeah, um, let's investigate that instead of throwing it out <laughs> and when are when does the study end 
our goal is FDA approval. Interesting. And so can, is there a time on it? <laughs> well, we'd have to powwow with the pharmaceutical companies and everybody else who's, you know, got opinions about this. So no, nobody knows. Okay. Okay. I'm just and grateful we can do it legally yes. above, above the boards Yes. in the United States Yep. in a transparent manner because stem cell medicine is like the wild, wild west right now. Yes. There are a lot of stem cell clinics popping up. There are chiropractors who have never done surgery time who are piercing the body cavity and you know, doing stem cell medicine from, you know, I, I get a little bit concerned about what's going on. Yep. That's exactly, I, I, un absolutely understandable. Absolutely understandable. I know. And I was just actually a patient of mine emailed me recently on a, 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 a Costa Rican location, actually started by a group in, out of Arizona that was just recently shut down. And I don't know why. I, I don't know the details. It might not be, they might be absolutely above board, but you're right. The fact is, you know, how we vet what you're doing and, you know, advise our patients is, and how patients figure this out, you know, who want to go and participate. It's, it is, it's the wild west. And so it's nice to, you know, it's nice that you're following this and that you've, you, you know, you're, you, I think you're, you're, you know, you've got this FDA approval and, you know, you're following a, a structure and you've got the safety publication out demonstrating, you know, really good results there. So I appreciate that as well. And obviously you're actively recruiting. Um, what about uh, clinicians interested? I mean, there's no doubt after people hear some of the physicians that hear this, this podcast, I mean, myself included, I mean, how would one enter into um, learning about this? You know, they can contact me. I have a lot of physicians that I sort of help get them lined up. There's the clinical trial that does the, the training for entering the clinical trial. And then I have some physicians that I help do the holistic approach and my protocols and my resources and, and all of that. So, so that they can just treat patients. <laughs> that's, per that's, that's great. I really appreciate it. All right. So just a couple of wrap up questions. Um, you, I just noticed on your, on your site that you guys are banking stem cells. Yes. <laughs> Talk to me about that a little bit. It sounds kind of, it's interesting. It's, um, it's pretty new and, you know, I do very little of it. Um, I extract an additional harvest of the fat for the purpose of shipping it to another company that does the uh, stem cell banking. I do not have, nor do I want, to have a license to store people's biologic material. So basically, if they need it later on, boom, they sent, you get it, and they can you know, be injected or receive another IV. Uh, yeah, exactly. And there's enough cells there. We can replicate them and grow them and expand them. And so there's enough cells there for 15 or 20 treatments. So how amazing for the patients with those chronic medical conditions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What about costs? 
I mean, there's definitely a wide range of pricing, some extremely exorbitant, you know, a little bit more, some of it more realistic. I think that um, the cost is unfortunate when it gets to be FDA approved, insurance will be forced to pay for it, but there's no pharmaceutical company backing this clinical trial and trials are expensive. Yeah. It's patient funded. Right, right, right. Well, I just, I have to say when I looked in, in, in the cost associated with your therapy, it was certainly cheaper than some of the other areas, some of the other, um, clinics that I was looking at, although I'm not, you know, I'm very new to this, um, so I'm not quite sure how to compare it all, but listen, um, Dr. Tammy, it's been, it's just really been great to talk to you. I'm so excited about it, and I feel, is there anything else that I haven't asked, given that this is really sort of a new area for me, um, one that I'm eager and interested in, but is there anything else you want to add, anything I didn't ask um, that clinicians or uh, folks that would be interested in, in pursuing this? Um, uh, um, yeah, like just hear? call me or contact me and I would, you know, we're going to change the future of medicine. Yeah, I got it. I hear that. Listen, how did your dad end up responding since that's how you started this journey? Uh, amazing. He doesn't use oxygen around the house anymore. Um, his oxygen saturation when he was walking previously was in the 80s, and now it's 95. Wow. Okay, that's a, that's a great place for us to end. Uh, thanks again, Tammy. And folks, you'll find all of the details to um, reach Dr. Mirgli. Miraglia, I'm sorry, Dr. No, Tammy. Not, not your fault or mine. I married an Italian. <laughs> <laughs> you'll find all, so I'll grab the citations that she wants uh, you to be aware of, and you'll find contact information for Dr. Tammy. Again, thank you so much. Thank you.